Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Highly Inspired. I'm Ella. I'm Jordan. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hope you had a good holiday weekend for yep. anyone that was celebrating Passover, Easter. Mm-hmm. We celebrated and it was really fun. And we went to mass, which was cool. Yeah. Because with the pandemic, it's just been harder for people to like do the in-person. It was our first full, I guess, full church mass that we had been been to yeah. and um in California too which was really interesting. Yeah. But it was good. I felt like compared to last year, which I don't even remember what I did for Easter last year, it was an upgrade, I would say. Mm-hmm. I tried really hard to even remember, but I it 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 just got erased from my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I completely <laughs> forgot what I did last year. <laughs> I know. I don't I honestly don't think we did anything cuz we were like in the second week of like Two weeks to slow yeah. the spread or whatever. I'm sure we were just watching the news yeah. the yeah. whole day or yeah, something. Yeah, for sure. Well, basically, like, we kind of... There was a message that was kind of spoken at Easter, and it was kind of this framework of looking at things in terms of giving gifts of and reflections of gratitude, courage, and hope. And we're going to be talking about kind of an intense topic today, mainly the vaccine passports and just kind of big pharma in general and some different health things to be aware of. And just, yeah. again, kind of... I guess it's like a part two of our company, like companies that were profiting off your blind sides episode that we did mm-hmm. a few weeks back um, or a few months back. But yeah, it was really helpful to hear those kind of words because I think that we'll kind of weave it in as we're going through the topics. But I think kind of just to start off that we're lucky and grateful to even be in a country where we can have these discussions where we kind of can hash out this idea of the vaccine passport before it even becomes a reality because I don't think people realize, but freedom is the exception, not the norm. And if you look at history from, you know, all like from the beginning of time until now, it's very rare to be in a country like America where you have so many freedoms and we're in a battle for them right now. And it's important that we stand up and make sure that everyone has the right to their own health and their own medical consent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, The past 50 years in America, people have that mindset of freedom is the norm. And I, I don't think that we keep it in conversation and circulation enough about how easy that is to have it be taken away. Mm-hmm. And normally that could be because of us. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. And, and aside from the vaccine passport, I think that, um, other conversations surrounding COVID this pandemic, since we're still heavily in it, mm-hmm. um, other things about the vaccine as a whole, um, we would love to get into a lot of it today. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're right. It's not rainbows and butterflies topics. Um, we want to make sure that we're giving the justice of the tone, the mm-hmm. right tone and, and and speaking with honesty, but also like, I guess, presenting certain facts that we believe to be facts right mm-hmm. now. And um, yeah, just that's, yeah. A, that's as yeah. a pre- preface. I yeah, think. yeah. In addition to like the gratitude, I mean, you were even saying that your mom was shocked to hear that at some point we might not be able to travel if you don't have like the vaccine or the vaccine passport. And so I think that we're in this critical period of having to be courageous and stand up for freedom and realize that safety, like more safety measures doesn't necessarily mean more freedoms. Like you go back in time and you look at any country, any civilization, even our own country with things like nine 11, 
that's not the case. Like we'll get into it more. And I, but then, you know, there's also hope. Like, I don't think that we can get into this negative mindset right now. We need to be hopeful. We need to. Hope is the biggest one because I think that hope is a huge driving factor for positive emotions as a whole, Mm -hmm. whether that be more resilience, more fortitude, more like, I guess, energy to do good. I think that a lot of it is rooted in hope and feeling hopeful that there are better days out there yeah. and that that negativity is over. is over. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. Um, I felt like when we were listening to that originally that that was the one that spoke the most to me. And then also with gratitude, I think that right now between the masks and between just we're constantly thinking about health now and it's good that we're being mindful and it's good that we're being more considerate and we're having those thoughts circulating our brains, I guess almost 24 seven, especially when we're out in public. Although I think that it has dehumanized us in a lot of ways where we're Mm -hmm. sort of treating each other as, Oh, I see a stranger and you're not, we're looking at each other in terms of our differences as opposed to the similarities that actually bring us together. And so, um, yeah, I, I want that gratitude portion to be implemented back in or just to, yeah, just to, we can all work on that at a personal level mm-hmm. individually. For sure. Um, well, I wanted to dive in with this topic by kind of giving some preface on the vaccines and also like the companies behind it and just kind of getting people up to speed that this is a multi-billion dollar industry that has been in place before and has continued to grow with these vaccines. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were kind of before this going over a few different topics that like really stood out to me. The first one was that uh, the Pfizer vaccine is the highest um, medical, what, cure or dose of medicine, vaccine, anything medical um, in the world right now at 15 billion dollars which is insane and the highest vaccine that they had ever had before that was only five, five. billion so they're already within what four months within of four months it's it. tripled it's tripled and that's a lot i mean we could dive in more to the specifics of it and you could argue well the u.s government funded it they took on a lot of risk but just that broad number alone i think is really critical to look at because that's a lot of money this is a whole new market vaccines were never that big of a market in the medical world before this especially not the flu shot no the flu shot was not this popular and so we're going to be entering this phase where you know they're already talking about boosters and this is going to be like an annual thing and i I do think that's important to follow the money, understand what the business is behind these kind of decisions. And Mm -hmm. also you want to talk about like the marketing aspect of it too. Like this is a very huge. Well, there's been a campaign even before it got into the hands of elderly people. And now it's, it's trickling down to younger age groups. Mm -hmm. Even before it was released, there were full blown campaigns going on to convince people to trust this. And we had all of our political figures saying to trust this and, um, it it will continue. And now that there's even more and more mm-hmm. revenue in their hands mm-hmm. after this has been out for four months, um, it's just going to explode. Yeah, it's, I hard, think. it's hard to give that up. And, and exponentially, I mean, if you're going to compare this to the flu vaccine or the flu shot, mm-hmm. which is a yearly thing, um, this will go on to that same trajectory they're saying that we have to get this every year. Yeah, and, and, and people don't really, there's not enough people that take the flu shot 
yearly now to make up those numbers. So this is a huge jump in terms of percentages. And especially if they want to get everyone at 100% with the introduction of something like the vaccine passport. Mm -hmm. And I just want to clarify to our listeners, we're not coming at this from the perspective of we're obviously not doctors, as you can tell, and we're not (laughs) people that are encouraging people to take the vaccine or or not take the vaccine. We're just presenting the facts and kind of looking at it from more of a a business perspective and just a skeptical perspective, especially with the passports. Mm -hmm. And I do think from a business perspective, if you can be guaranteed a customer at 100%, like let's say you're a real estate business. (laughs) You're killing it. You're killing it. Like let's say you're an apartment (laughs) building and you know that no matter what, your apartment's going to be at 100% occupancy, no matter how much work you put into it every year it's going to be at that same return Uh that is like the uh, that's an entrepreneurial's dream right there i mean that's insane that's the pinnacle of success in whatever that business model is so for these companies that are producing and distributing the vaccine um the numbers are already soaring through the roof right now so we can only make an educated guess that in the next year and the following years to come if they stay at the same level of demand that it'll just I mean, yeah, I, I don't even want to know what those numbers revenues, revenue wise going up from 15 billion will be next year and the year after. Yeah, I think that it said, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to pull up the number in front of me, but that was just with one. That was just with the Pfizer one. So right now we have <laughs> Moderna, Johnson, Moderna, and Johnson, 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 and then there's um, AstraZeneca, yes. which is in Europe, which that one actually has been recalled now and now most european countries will only do if you're under or over 50 you can get it because too many young people have been getting blood clots from that one so it's very interesting um to just kind of see how all these different ones are battling out i'd be interested to know why we don't have access to the astrazeneca one like it's not that one's on in the u.s i don't know if it's because we didn't buy it or yeah i don't know i don't know I mean, we do have enough technically, at least we do have three to choose from. But um, yeah, that's interesting to, I wonder what those numbers and for each of them are. And then if you combine them all into the same industry, what is that overall net revenue? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, for sure. And this is something else that I wanted to bring up in this article from, it's it's an article from a, a group called The Defender and they're basically like a children's health um, defense um, kind of medical advice for children mm-hmm. website and um, a lot of doctors contribute and stuff. But basically they said that right now the vaccine's free for Americans, right? Because the, the U S government was the one that purchased all these like original doses. Mm-hmm. But eventually like if we get to this point where we're going to be having to get it every year, we're going to have to be getting these boosters, et cetera. We're going to, ha- who's going to pay for that? Is it going to be us like and and they're saying that the cost could go up to like $150 per vaccine. So, we're now being trapped into this cycle of like yes, it was free at first for us, free, I mean our taxes paid for it, but now we're going to potentially have to pay out of pocket or it'll just raise insurance premiums. So, I think that And not everybody has insurance either. Yeah, and if you look at the history of vaccines, it, and just a lot of modern medicine in general that has pushed insurance up because like you were saying, even with your mom's arthritis and and the stuff that you went through with your health, you get hooked on these allergy shots, different medication that you don't necessarily need because we're in this culture of surgery and pills versus digging down and actually figuring out what's wrong with you. How can we solve this for the long run so that you're Mm -hmm. not on all these expensive medications until you die essentially, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I don't know. 
I don't know if it's the overall medical industry, like yeah. overall health industry that has somehow convinced people that there are certain categories of health diagnoses that are terminal or not terminal as in like that they're just going to be constant for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's them exactly or somehow just our culture has implemented this mindset. Like say arthritis, for example, when I first heard that word and when my mom told me that she was diagnosed with it, I had, I well, I just, my brain went to, oh, this is going to be something that you're going to have forever. And, and she thought that too. That's what she was told. Mm-hmm. And so she was prescribed like yearly medication to take every day and was on it for many, many years. And then when she finally went the route of homeopathic medicine and getting off of those drugs altogether, there were other ways to get rid of that pain. Mm-hmm. And she did within four months. And so it's just really scary to think, oh, something like that, With which arthritis isn't a life-threatening thing. There are mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. more serious diseases that mm-hmm. if you are diagnosed mm-hmm. with, um, yeah, you're going to see effects and uh, potentially pass away. So I just want to get like the real data on what are things that we should be serious yeah. about that need, need that the, need serious not, treatment yeah, versus why do we need drugs for things that aren't actually – all we don't need to be hooked on, on three year, three-year-olds on ADHD medicine for life. That A lot of that can be really expensive, especially if you're not wanting <laughs> to probably, get the generic brand. Like my friend Carly, it's like, I think her ADHD medicine is $90 a month with insurance. Wow. So I just So she's co-paying every single time. She's co-paying every single month. So I'm just like, okay. And then she, she and I were talking like, when, when do you, now that I'm out of school, like, do I get off of this? Like, what's the protocol? And it's, yeah, is there an end date? Yeah. And they say, no, just take it forever. Yeah, and, and then your body gets reliant on it. And then when you do get off of it, like say she takes this for another 30 years with a lot of heavy synthe- synthetic drugs, there's some sort of rebound effect. Yeah. And I don't know what, I, I think it's different per drug or per person, but your body sort of evolves alongside of it. Mm-hmm. And so when, if, when you do make that jump to stop taking it anymore, more Mm -hmm. it's gonna shock your system a lot i know and i i do think it's weird that right now the narrative has been like trust the science trust the science trust the science which i am a huge believer in science don't get me wrong i love the scientific method i love um you know the advances that we've made i i find it all fascinating and great and i think it's (laughs) push humanity forward however i think we have gotten very dogmatic in it and not realizing that science is Yes, it's some of it is absolute, but some of it is ever changing and improving and and has side effects. And to and come at this vaccine, which is an experimental vaccine, people don't understand when they're taking the vaccine, they're agreeing to be part of a, a study for two years. They don't understand like you are like I think it's weird just to come at it with like, oh, the side effects aren't bad or or it's 100 percent safe. Like, I'm totally fine that people should evaluate their risks for themselves and look at this vaccine or look at anything in life, driving a car, going to um, skydiving, whatever it is, and look at the percentages and be like, yeah, I'm going to still go forward and do this, even if it's risky. But you're not going to lie to someone and they're, you know, they're about to skydive and be like, oh, yes, there's 100 percent survival rate. That's not fair. Even oh, if it's that's even if it's really 90, not fair. even if it's ninety nine point nine, you have to disclose that. And I feel like with this vaccine, what we've seen on Twitter, what we've seen on Instagram, is it's like there's no room for questioning. Even if like 
you, everyone we've talked to has had these symptoms. And even just a question be like, okay, like maybe young people shouldn't be taking it right away. Maybe we should only give it to old people. And I don't know, just have these conversations and let it be fluid. You Before know? we get into what we've been exposed to and people that have yeah. explained their experiences to us, I, I also want to point out that I think that the whole quote of I trust the science. Oh, I'm trusting mm-hmm. the science. I think that's become like a really blanket statement. And it was used even throughout the entire election, like both election campaigns, everyone's saying, I trust the science. And like, mm-hmm. you got to trust the science. And to be honest, since none of us are, a majority of us are not doctors. And because we all think we know about health when mm-hmm. clearly we don't, we've got <laughs> Cosmopolitan putting on the covers of their magazines I'm not trying to throw shots at the women who took those photos, but obese women (laughs) on the, I'm saying this so seriously because it's messed up. Yeah, it's messed up. And the headline on the cover says, this is healthy. Let's just take a moment for that. That's not healthy. Morbid obesity is not healthy. It has been proven. (laughs) Number one killer of COVID. So we're going to say that we trust the science, but we don't even understand it. We don't even understand what DNA and RNA actually does. We don't Mm -hmm. even understand. That's a good point. We're encouraging masks more so over... How about you just buy healthy food? Maybe we do stimulus checks solely to just go buy healthy food. I would love that. And market and campaign for that and not wearing three face shields plus four masks. (laughs) Please just explain to me. So, yes. (laughs) Like, I just... I want to trust the science and I do. I think numbers are a lot easier to understand. Mm -hmm. Like we understand math, we understand percentages, we understand ratios, all that. Um, But in regards to understanding the science behind how to take care of ourselves, every American's on a million different pages right now. So we need to come together on that so that then we can sort of start at a all of us on the same ground sort of plane. We're on on so many pages. We have Cosmopolitan with obese people saying this is healthy we have vegans that say health is never touching an animal product ever again even if it's honey so it's like we are like all over the place and i'm not everyone's body's different everyone has a different diet preferences and all that sort of thing and but we don't have a clear narrative of what's healthy and i think it's I think it's to these big companies' advantages because if you have people that think that being obese is healthy and that they aren't going to have any problems, then they're going to make a ton of money off of, um, I don't know which type of diabetes is. I know one's genetic and one isn't, but they're mm-hmm. going to make a ton of money off of people who become diabetic, who become uh, serious health issues and have to be hospitalized because of COVID, all mm-hmm. these things. And you know, I do think it is bizarre that companies like Coca-Cola and, you know, have corn syrup and stuff like that in it are the ones that are putting all this money behind this marketing of this is healthy and it's clearly not. And it's so, it's so obvious that that has to do with keeping their brand alive so that we don't ever figure out that what they're selling us isn't healthy. And I feel like that's America right now. Like we're trying to trick you so you don't like we keep you dumb. So you don't figure out what the real science is. And I do trust the science and I do want to believe the science, but I want to trust the real science. And there's a lot of fake science out there. Yeah. And they avoid (laughs) using any medical terminology, like any health jargon, like they just, no stats. They just, yeah. Blanket statements on blanket statements just of Okay, we're going to give you the bare, the most vague mm-hmm. explanation, advertisement of why you should get this. And then 
for you to figure out any additional info, you have to do the work on your own. That's a really good point. Like, I love when I go on Instagram, they're like, find out more about the COVID vaccine or find out more about why social distancing is good. And then you go there and I'm like, wait, I don't like who, where's the medical citation on this? Where are the stats? What are you, what are you trying to tell me? Like, it's, you're right, blanket statements. And when I went, I went out last night, no one judged me, but I did go out. I don't go out much. You I, should. But I you're went out. You're a young 20 year old and no one has socialized at all. I've, We've been, un- I've gone out to a bar maybe twice this entire year and I went out and it was outside, but whatever. And I talked to a bunch of people and everyone, the first thing people said, even before like, Hey, how, how have you been? Like, I haven't seen you in a year. The first thing people said, have you gotten your COVID shot? And I told Jordan this, like it was, it was chilling. Like it was bizarre. So hi, hug. Did you get your COVID shot? Yes. Like what, like maybe like the first or second thing that people would say. Now, I don't know if it was like what the motive was. If people like literally didn't have anything better to talk about because we haven't seen each other for yes, a year. I don't know. There's been a little bit of a decline in just activities, things to even talk yeah, about. And I just said no. I didn't want to get into why I haven't gotten it. But I just said no like pretty briefly. And I have, you know, I have my reasons. So if someone were to ask me more in depth, like I could back it up with like, personal reasons plus some stats plus my ethical feelings on it and they just gave me a blanket statement as to why they got it and it would be like oh my old job like allowed me to work or I used to be a postmates like it was just the weirdest thing and I think they know that like (laughs) they think they know that whatever that response to your question of why they got it is is okay yeah I had to get it for my job or I had to get it because I I was going home or something or I had to get it it, whatever that is, I think they a lot of people know that that is coming out as some sort of excuse. Yeah, but there some of them weren't even excuses. Like some of them were just weird. Like people were like, "Oh, it was just available," or like I cheated. It's the free this year, but next year it won't. Yeah, like it was free. Like what? Okay. Like might as well. And so I just people think like free stuff. And it is hard because we do do a lot of things that we don't think about the risk anymore. Like when you drive a car, unless you like have a near death experience, you probably aren't thinking about the risk and reward with driving a car. But there is still a lot of things in your life that you should evaluate the risk versus, versus the reward. reward. And I do think that with something like this, which is um, an experimental vaccine, that is great that we have it as an option for people, but we should really look into it. And like, I don't think that people even know that the vaccine doesn't prevent you from spreading it to other people. I don't think that people know that it doesn't really prevent you from getting it just decreases the symptoms. Now there might be better ones that come up or the boosters or whatever, but right now what they're marketing isn't even fully a vaccine. It's just, it's like the flu shot where it just decreases the symptoms with certain strands. So I just think that But then people- again, it's not decreasing any symptoms because every, every single person that I have talked to who has gotten it mm-hmm. and a lot of them, even just after the first dose of mm-hmm. it, have not felt well at all. Mm-hmm. And so that actually isn't how it was with the flu shot. Some people I know, I, 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 I didn't really get flu shots as a kid, but, and I still don't, but, um, I, I know that it, it wasn't every single person was getting the flu after getting the flu shot. Mm -hmm. But every single person I've talked to right now has had some sort of symptoms Mm rundownness after Mm -hmm. even just getting the first one. Yeah, I agree. And the younger you are, the worse it is. Older people aren't getting the symptoms as much, but like the, the younger you are. And apparently if you have gotten COVID, 
and you fought it out, fought it off without knowing you did. So like maybe you and I, like you and I probably have been exposed to the virus, probably have gotten it. And that video that I watched from that, uh, that doctor from, um, uh, Idaho. Yeah. Idaho. The pathologist. Yeah. The pathologist. Uh He basically explained that kids interact with viruses all day long and that we pretty much like as young people what happens is that your kids body are invincible your body just like it it comes in and then you're like goodbye so when people were saying asymptomatic people that's all it was was the virus like coming to you touching you and being like goodbye like we're not gonna run down your system right so i think the people that were young and that were getting actually like covid were people that were run down and apparently if your body naturally has learned to fight it off and you haven't been tested positive for COVID, Mm. you're the one who's going to have the worst reaction to this vaccine because the way that it works with, I don't know the medical terms, but just the way that it interacts with your body with remake re engineering your cells, it it's going to cause a negative reaction. So like Mm. the healthier you are, the worse your reactions are going to be. So I know I'm pretty healthy. I don't want to like, I don't want to be sick for two days. Yeah. It's just not worth it to me. I agree. You know? In that same video, another stat that really scared me, um, I guess a pediatric hospital in Germany did a test on a thousand people of mm-hmm. all different age groups. And some of them were kids too. Um, they were exposed to the virus mm-hmm. and apparently only 18 of them tested positive and were a- asymptomatic. 18. Wow. Oh, I do remember that one. 18. And we were told. That's why and, we were in And masks. the biggest yeah. thing why we went on lockdown was because we didn't know what the numbers were. Or who had it. About. Yeah. We didn't know what this whole asymptomatic yeah. status was at all. Mm. And in the beginning, I understood that too because I was like, oh, I guess if I'm a healthier person and I could be exposed and I might be asymptomatic, I could spread it to my grandma or my parents and then they could get it. Um, and that I think has been a big contributor to why people mm. within Gen Z have been so much more scared and, and sensitive to this entire pandemic is because we were told that, that you can be still asymptomatic, but spread it to another person. And, um, that exact stat of 18 out of a thousand people tested positive and were, and were asymptomatic. That is a really big stat, I think, because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, <laughs> it's not like the majority were mm-hmm. asymptomatic, mm-hmm. but tested positive. No, it's, it's very, and there were, he listed another one. I think he listed a few studies and there was one where like, I think no one tested positive that was asymptomatic. Yeah. So I just think that's weird. Like, I don't understand why we aren't treating this. Vi- and this was his perspective as well. He was like, why don't we have this perspective of like being excited when good news comes out? Like, oh, this doesn't kill kids. Let's be excited. Let's send kids back to school. Because there's why evil in the world. Yeah. <laughs> why aren't we excited? Oh, asymptomatic isn't really a big deal. Let's get rid of masks. Let's get and Let's if you're sick, stay home. If you aren't, go out into the world. But it was so weird. It's weird because then everyone would go to these test centers, even when you were healthy, do the tests with all these sick people. And that's probably where you were getting COVID was these test centers, staying at home in close quarters with people. Everything I felt like we were doing, I just think it's weird. Science is, it evolves. Unless you're talking about gravity or something very like physics related or chemistry, like it evolves. Science is always evolving. And so what I don't understand is- Even chemistry and we're, we're, I mean, we found more elements. Yeah, that's true. We're still finding more elements. That's true. It's Um, not, 
set in stone. Gravity changes as well because yeah. as we know, dark matter, dark energy pushes us constantly outwards. And so all of our numbers, like if you were to be a um, – yeah, like a theoretical physicist for getting us to mm. Mars. You always, ha- I don't know what the, con- there has to be a constant, but like everything is always going outwards. So those distances change. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, science is science. And at that, at any given mm. moment, at that point, whatever that science is, is true if it, if, if it is proven, but it you're right. Change. It's, it is changing. And that's what was weird with the, with COVID is we treated it like a very strict religion. It was dogmatic. It was from day one, this is what we know. This is our approach. And we're never shifting it. We'll never try something new. Oh, now we know that kids are, aren't affected. Oh, we know kids don't spread it. We, don't, we, we, we didn't change as the science came out. So when people say, trust the science, believe the science, I, it's, again, it's a blanket statement. statement. What does that mean? What is the science? What has changed since March? Are you revisiting it? Yeah. Oh, you knew this from a month ago? Okay, revisit that. See if anything's changed. Yeah. When we first went on lockdown, we didn't know the numbers of how severe this was for people that weren't in like age groups. Yeah, in certain age groups or had, or if you didn't have any pre-existing conditions. So, why didn't we change that? Why didn't we go, okay, maybe we don't need to lock down. Um, maybe we don't need to like, well, be and, as terrified. Yeah. Maybe we don't need to lock ourselves in our rooms even when we're at our own homes yeah. with our families. It was just, I, I think that a lot of businesses and a lot of politics took advantage of seeing how well we actually did getting put into such a restrictive norm. And so once they saw that, they took advantage and continued to keep us there because for whatever reason, I don't know. I have too many questions, but I I have to bring up that aspect Mm -hmm. too because I know certain people, especially probably people watching this, you've recognized that. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to expose it because maybe it's it's driven by evil. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's driven by- Incompetence. Other motives. But I refuse to believe that we're this dumb on certain decisions, especially like the three mask stuff. I'm sorry. That that just will never- make sense. Make sense to me. No, I agree. I think what it is, and to be very blunt, is that I think- Evil forces, aka the CCP, went in and they were like, "How can we? Whether 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 it was man-made or not, I know it was made in the lab. I don't know how it was made, accident or non-accident. To take advantage of this situation and see how can America swim or fail? Like can can we swim it's or sink? Yeah, it's yeah. a test, and we failed. Florida maybe Florida maybe figured it out. Texas maybe ish." <laughs> but overall we failed yeah overall we have tremendously we failed. failed we're over a year in we failed and we didn't look and be like oh you know what none of this is making sense anymore oh you know what Fauci you're the highest paid person in the federal government you're gone gone you're t- t- you mass no mass mass two mass no like that doesn't asymptomatic isn't a thing anymore we didn't let the true medical community take over the narrative and reposition us to be healthier, come out of this healthier. What I think we did is we waited until the vaccine was fully available to everyone in order to get everyone on this vaccine passport, whether it's for a larger purpose of eventually like more tracking, more 
monitoring people or it's just from the sake of uh, making more money off of the vaccine being a regular thing or a combination of the both. I, I honestly believe, and this is my belief, so it's, it's not factual, but I do feel like the reason why we stayed in lockdown, especially in states like California was so that we could get to this point where they could barter your freedom or vaccine passport. And that's where we are. We are right now. Luckily there are some States that aren't in that position and hopefully they can be the leaders for America. So we can come out of this. We don't have a vaccine passport, but it's coming. It's there's one in New York. There's one in Israel. This is a reality. It's about to pass in Hawaii. Yeah. Ultimately California, Mm -hmm. Illinois, and then it'll continue to trickle down. And we need that, those States to be resistant so that it doesn't go national yeah because that will be i don't even want to know what that world will be like and i think that we should probably like give our audience a little background as to i mean some people you know when you hear the word vaccine passport you might be like oh why is that bad you know like because you know it kind of does sound like out of a comic book or like a conspiracy theory but it's not it sounds like a conspiracy theory and then people might just be like oh i don't see what the big deal about that is right because we've been kind of conditioned with covid to give up a lot of stuff so we're not really thinking in those terms and i think that we're used to like everyone getting vaccines to go to school like i even for college like we had to get um i forget which vaccine i think it was uh malaria or something we get some vaccine before coming to college so i think that we are kind of used to like oh this is how you You have to take these precautions in order to to participate in society so i think that we're like why like you know why wouldn't we have a vaccine passport so i I do want to kind of clarify to people why this is different and one of the reasons is is that all previous vaccines there was only a few states that mandated it for public schools, California, New York, every other school, you could get a medical or religious exemption from all vaccines, even the ones that are more serious than a COVID, which has a 99.99 are in a different genre. If we got polio or meningitis or hepatitis or whatever those are, we would have a serious chance of being severely ill and spreading it to people and spreading. Yeah. But little kids, taking an experimental COVID vaccine in order for them to go to back to school when they haven't been allowed to go back to school, even though the science has proven, even though they are invincible humans. Yeah. yeah. Like going back to that video that we just watched of the pathologist, he also explained that there is a 0% likelihood that your kid is spreading it to adults. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. And so these teachers, that was the (laughs) biggest, um, position that all of these public schools have had as to why they're not reopening or even just the states I guess the state's not reopening the public schools is because they're afraid of the kids spreading it to the adults (laughs) so it's completely flipped around maybe they haven't realized that or maybe they do know it but they just haven't changed anything um again i think it's like ignoring the true science until we can get to this point where we can barter people's freedoms for um, the vaccine and actually, you know, for what? monetary benefit yeah, for monetary and surveillance benefit. And, and this is a conspiracy benefit, theory yeah. because there was a person from the C or from the, um, CDC who was on CNN with Chris Cuomo and literally said that pretty much verbatim was like, I want, like I'm worried about States reopening, not because of COVID spreading, but because it's going to be harder to then convince people to have 
take the vaccine once they have their freedoms already. So this is clearly a part of the agenda as to why we're announcing in, in California all vaccines will be available to, for people in May if you're 16 plus, but we're not going to reopen the state at 100% capacity until June 15th. Come on. It's there. Yeah. CDC reporter says it. No, Got, yeah. Newsom's actions are that. That's and actually, that makes sense. I agree. Yeah. It, it's easier to, once again, incentivize people to get the vaccine when they're already handcuffed into this lockdown life. Mm -hmm. And everybody being more like in one same mindset, that's kind of what we've been normalized to be in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that, but I totally believe it. Yeah, it was on Twitter. Um, but what do you? why do you think personally that the vaccine – I mean, we kind of talked about why this is a different idea than previous like vaccination requirements to like travel or um, go to like public schools. But why do you feel like this vaccine is passport is such a bad idea and why it's going to ultimately be worse for freedom, not better for safety? What, what's your kind I of just think that it's been proven time and time again through history that more freedom equates to more competency mm -hmm. to more mm -hmm. economic growth mm -hmm. to more overall satisfaction in human life. Mm -hmm. And so anything that even hints slightly at a hindrance to freedom, to overall freedom, I just have trained myself to automatically perceive that as a red flag. Mm -hmm. And I want people to start doing that as well because I'm not an anti-masker. I wear my masks, but even that slightly, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's not you deciding it. It's mm -hmm. someone else telling you you have to. And most of the time, it's not even someone telling you. It's just been posters mm -hmm. on the outside of a window of a of a public place that you're mm -hmm. about to walk into. Mm -hmm. It has become so normalized, and I want to get back to the day where I'm around healthy people and I'm healthy, and I don't have to have that on my face mm -hmm. because. Like this is going to continue for a very long time. Yeah, and I I think that the people who if they can't convince, if it doesn't work out for them, they, whoever, to get everyone on this vaccine passport program, which I still think that we, I think it it's a huge possibility that happens. I would say it's more likely than not likely, but I do think that we're at a pivotal few months where we got to yep. fight. We got to fight not this to have is, this. Yeah, I agree. Even if you are getting the vaccine, you got to fight not to have the vaccine passport. Everyone needs to is entitled to medical consent, mm -hmm. 100%. Everyone's entitled to make their own medical decisions because if they can tell you what to do with the vaccine passport, they're going to be able to tell you how to do all, make all of your medical decisions. And that's been our whole, that's been the whole thing is like people should have autonomy over their own body. You know, it's like the I've most seen, liberal I've seen certain counter arguments on Twitter of, oh, after 9-11, we implemented TSA. That's now become part mm -hmm. of our norm. Or, oh, when they required seatbelts, mm -hmm. like legally, then that, yeah. that became like, that was an adjustment period for yeah. everyone to get mm -hmm. used to it. And and it sort of was annoying, I'm sure, for those seat people. Belts, yeah. Anything new yeah. that is more of a time sucker than it was before mm -hmm. seems annoying. And then, it, and then you get used to it. But the two things of the hyper ultra mask wearing every time you go out in public and the vaccine passport that will ultimately restrict you from doing so many things that we're used to doing, those are on another planet 
of like time sucking and inconvenience and invasive so for anyone yeah. trying to pull those two mm-hmm. TSA seatbelts, whatever mm-hmm. as counter arguments, mm-hmm. just stop doing that yeah. because, um, we're talking about not being able to travel. We're talking about not being able to apply to certain colleges. Mm-hmm. We're talking about not being able to even be hired by certain companies mm-hmm. if they require this. Um, Worst case scenario, you might not be able to open accounts with banks. You might not be able to use certain websites. You might not be able to vote. Mm -hmm. Those are really real potential, um, (laughs) I guess, aspects that the vaccine passport will be correlated to. Critical to our democracy, for sure. Yeah. And so you cannot say, you cannot tell me that any, like, everybody participates in those things. I mean, school is very important. Education's important. I would assume that students that are in high school want to have the freedom to be able to choose what college they want to go to and have the whole boatload to pick from. That would be nice, right? Yeah. Same with uh, someone who's graduating and wants to get a job. Mm -hmm. You want to have the whole boatload. You don't want to have to have the vaccine passport as the main segregating decider as to why you can or can't mm-hmm. partake in mm-hmm. an entity. I agree. And I think the difference too, like what you laid out between like TSA seatbelts versus this is this is a even different from the mask is that this is something that is going into your biology. This is um, injecting something injecting into, into your, body. your body that by the way, this is a new type of vaccine it's, it's really more of a, of a shot, but it's a new shot that we have not seen this technology yet. And it, it could be fun. It could be fun. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, the numbers aren't out on it. I think that it will help a lot of older people, but I don't think that we can just say, we can't say that this is like every other vaccine because it's not. It, it operates with RNA and it basically re-engineers your body to work a different way. It's not giving you a micro dose of COVID and teaching you to build immunity. It's, it's building immunity in a completely most new vaccines, way. Most yeah. vaccines did that. You're injecting a certain strand variant of the actual illness mm-hmm. into your body mm-hmm. and then trusting that your white blood cells immune system will just figure out how to build tolerance mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. This is injecting a genetic code and and I've like you can literally google the mRNA vaccine stuff and the first articles that'll that Google will tell you from the CDC they'll say that this mRNA technology it's revolutionary this has mm-hmm. never been used in any other mm-hmm. vaccine before mm-hmm. and maybe ultimately if I can I'm not trying to say that that's completely unethical. I don't know too much about it, but what I do know for a fact is this has not been tested long enough or on children or it hasn't been tested on children. Like most other vaccines, the window is two to six years Mm -hmm. for a, an appropriate testing Mm -hmm. span of time. Mm -hmm. And so maybe in five years, if this has been tested and, um, and we have figured it out. We've worked at all then the kinks. Great. Yeah. Then sure. Okay. Yeah. I understand that. But it's just, you cannot force like a um, entire country, entire world. Yeah. yeah. And you can't just infer that the average human brain isn't going to try to think about that that way, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that most people who have the capability to critically think are going to try to wrap their heads around mm-hmm. the entire thing and just. I mean, nobody wants the first generation of anything. No. It's scary. No, I mean. Especially when it comes to putting something in your body. You don't know. And we're in a crazy world right now where we've got political 
turmoil. We have people that are doing bad things. Mm -hmm. So you can't just infer that everybody's everybody wants the best for everybody else. Uh, Yeah, especially when the biggest people behind this, the whole COVID thing since day one, Bill Gates, World Economic Forum. Globalists. Globalists. Like these are the people that are pushing these messages. And you think that they're for humanity you think that they're for the common man you think that they're for free markets you don't think that they're they're, they're for corrupt capitalism they're for, for selling you socialism as corrupt capitalism to keep jeff bezos and amazon as the top employer that mm-hmm. is that is the goal if you don't like we need to wake up and see when people say 15 dollar minimum wage we're, that's how we're going to get back at the rich. No, 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 no. That's how you get back at the poor. That's how you get back at the middle class because what you're doing is, let's say a state like Michigan, or I believe their minimum wage, last time I checked, was $8.50. Jumping that up, it, we're not talking about California. We're talking about a Midwest state. You want to jump the minimum wage to $15 an hour where you're going to put every mom and pop restaurant or restaurant those states are so middle class. Like, Store out of business. I saw this thing with Amazon now where they've already rolled this out at their Amazon Go stores where you just basically walk through and you get, you pay. You don't even have, you, they, the phone just does it. The phone it. just does like it. Like the sensors are activated yeah. and you automatically get the money taken even, out of your bank. You don't even do Apple Pay. Like it's just automatic. It feels like you're stealing almost. That is where the future is heading. And not only will people's jobs be placed replaced with you know, robots and that sort of thing, which I'm not saying that's fully bad. I'm, I'm pro automation and, and, yeah, and growing, too. but however, what people don't understand is that it's not just about like your hourly wage, why people choose jobs. People choose jobs for a lot of reasons, flexibility, who your boss is, who you're working with and location. Amazon location. Amazon doesn't have a great track track record on how they treat their employees. It's a horrible track record. So what you're, what you're basically saying is that, Amazon's going to come in, Amazon Walmart is going to come into a state like Michigan, eliminate all the localized jobs where you know your boss, you know your neighbor, bring in these people, um, bring in machinery and work you out of a job, work you out of a job that you'd be interested in doing. So it sounds great, but the companies that can afford a $15 minimum wage across the country are the Amazons and the Walmarts of the world. And Walmart, this was their strategy from and Day all one. they do is in turn reap more. Yes. By doing that. And they're in bed with the politicians that are making these decisions. And so when you see people. And what that does is further emphasize yeah. the separation between the elite versus exactly. the people. Which exactly. is, we've talked about that in many episodes too. This battle that we're in right now and the political turmoil that we're seeing is not left versus right. No. It is the common person versus elite people, elite businesses, elite globalists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. big tech, big companies. That's what the fight is right now. And it's crazy that they've messed us up to think that it's about all these other things that it's, it's not. Controlled. It's controlled. Controlled oppositions yes. have been placed in both the left and right political sides. Mm-hmm. And they know that. It is a scheme. Like, I, I know this. I see people, like, on the right and the left, like, battling out on Twitter. And I'm like, you guys, you got to... You got the wrong enemy. You're wasting your breath. You're wasting your breath. Like you're, you're, you're pointing gotta, guns. You're pointing fingers at the yeah. wrong people. Exactly. And I think that especially the left has done a really good job of this by creating problems that don't exist. We've talked about this on the show before, but I will say it again. <laughs> of course, racism is an issue. Of course, we it can always here. do better. It's still here. Police brutality, all those things exist. However, it is not the number one 
in my opinion, it, and statistically speaking, is not the number one issue that we should be concerned about. There's things Agreed. that we can unite about. And I think that this vaccine passport is going to be the biggest civil liberty, civil rights issue of our time. This is going to be this is going to be gay rights, the, the big thing the, in our lifetime, the big time in our lifetime. And people aren't seeing it that way because it's really hard when there isn't. Um, a physical attribute that you're looking at someone and being like, oh, we're different and this is why we've been pitted against each other. I, I think it's really hard when you don't see what the evil is and what the separation is. But this is... This uh, is going to make things very black and white. Yeah. It, you either have this vaccine passport or you don't. Yeah. And, and the people that don't have it are going to be deemed as bad people, bad humans, trash. And those are the people <laughs> that are most likely are... Second-class citizens... That, yeah, there's good. There's a lot of people who are taking the vaccine because they're generally afraid of the virus and they're in the risk category. And even, you could also argue that they're just misinformed on a lot of things too. And they, yeah, they, or they haven't done. They haven't taken the, that time to dig in. Yeah, which makes sense. I but, mean, not everybody does. But I think that a lot of people, like you said, haven't taken the time, and so that we're really going to get two sets of populations: a very small population of people that have looked into this and and freely kind of thought about this, and then you're going to have mainly the sheep plus some people that were generally afraid of yeah. the virus and did do their research and decided they wanted to take on the risk. So that's where we're heading. And it's going to be very easy to separate like the people that do think freely and put them as second class citizens to lower their power. If you say, Oh, you can't have access to a college degree. Oh, you can't have access to these jobs. It, it decreases this group's wealth and their access to be influential in the world and, and lowers their voice, which is so important yeah. when we are talking about civil liberties and standing up for what's right and for freedom. You and know? just more respect for open discourse. Yeah, I mean, it's just we're so quick to shut down and turn our ears off for to anyone who's going to present a counter argument. And we see that on social media. We mm -hmm. see that on like open discourse, like yeah, all social media. That that is it right now. Mm -hmm. But censorship is increasing. Mm -hmm. um, from the experiences that you and I have had recently, like even last night at the bar, mm -hmm. I was just at a checkout counter yesterday um, buying something, and I was like, while we were bagging things, the grocery counter lady mm -hmm. just straight up asked me, and she wasn't being very warm. She said it very stoically mm -hmm. and stared me down and said, have you been vaccinated yet? Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think that it's very scary and sort of chilling to be seeing that those types of questions and this type mm -hmm. of interrogation, even just from people that are our age at a bar asking that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So if we're thinking that it is going to happen where it's going to be the, the main catalyst for the segregation, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're just going to keep getting asked it more and more and more. And yeah. I don't I don't even want to talk about it every time I run into someone, you know? No, like you there's so many millions of other things to be talking about. Let's talk about let's talk about literally anything else about COVID. I'd rather talk about. I agree. Let's talk about health. Let's talk about I don't know, water, drinking water. Yeah. Let's talk about the public schools. Let's talk about racism even. Let's talk about anything else. <laughs> I don't want to be talking about the vaccine every time I meet someone or come across someone. I don't even want to be asked it, to be honest, because I just yeah. know, I know in my heart, it's like giving the answer that I want to give, which is this entire episode. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I wish that I had every, every encounter that I have where someone asked me that question. I wish that I could just, you know what? Maybe after we make we this, I just send this to them. What if we got a, what if was it? Okay. QR code. 
of this episode that <laughs> yes. just goes, my thoughts on the vaccine. I'm at a bar, like a cute guy comes up and you're just like, he's like, have you yeah. gotten the vaccine passport? No, check out my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, here, pull up your phone, get the QR code. Oh my God. I love that. No, but it takes a lot of time it to does. give to give the full, long, like long form, all inclusive answer to that. It's not just, oh, I am just not eligible yet. Like that's the cop out answer. That's the easy answer when yeah. you are trying to like keep neutral. But I don't I don't want to say that. I don't want to be neutral anymore. I want to stand up because this is important. There's a small window for this. And here's the thing is that the, I believe that this has nothing to do with any political it's leaning political. either. This it, isn't politi- political at all. This We're is talking a, about health. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about civil safety. Rights. Yeah. Yeah. Civil rights, freedom of speech, freedom of choice. And that's another thing. Should we talk about the freedom of choice thing or my body, my choice? Yeah. Well, that's what's ironic. Yeah. I think we talk about it. Oh, we have been told that the position, um, a position for abortion should be my body, my choice. That is, that's the catchphrase. Again, that is kind of a blanket statement. Okay. What is, you could dive into what that means, but we aren't going to do that. It's become more of a slogan. Yeah. It's a slogan for sure. But that's definitely been kind of a libertarian perspective on abortion, um, as a way to kind of just, you know, negate like the debate on it. And, you don't see that with this. And I know that that sounds like some weird conservative saying that people have been saying, oh, well, like, I feel like you see that on Twitter, but I'm honestly being serious. Like, where is the, where's the choice in this? Where is the medical consent? We're always talking about consent. We're always talking about my body, my choice. These are, these are left leaning perspectives. Why doesn't it apply here? No, no, you're right. These are liberal perspectives. Because I, we know this in terms of, okay, even the slogan or the quote, rules for thee, not for me. When it falls into something that they want freedom on, they'll fight for it. Mm-hmm. And they'll say my body, my choice. But then when it falls under something that they can see a better benefit, if they don't allow for freedom in that area, they won't push it. Or I think what I would even argue to say is the people that are behind these slogans, because it's not the average Joe that's behind these slogans, right? No. They're just, they're repeating. It is someone the elites. high up, elite, corporate, it's corporate message. This is multi-billion dollar corporate media marketing messaging, right? So who are these people? What do, what do they really want? Do, do they care about your health? Do they care about your happiness? Absolutely Do they care not. about your freedom? No. Like, I, I would argue that any, any of these slogans l- really look into that topic, really dissect it. We did a whole episode on feminism and we, we covered um, kind of the history of abortion being entered into the U.S. and also just like the history of second wave feminism. And it, it's really interesting to understand who the real players are and how that movement got hijacked by people that didn't want women in corporate America. Because it inconvenienced It inconvenienced them. men. It, it inconvenienced men for women to be able to choose to have a family, to have kids while they work, paid maternity leave, all these things that we still so are, are fighting for. So they created this entire campaign campaign to sell to women why it was better for them. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. But it, in, in, in it's so it genius. Wasn't, it it's wasn't so about, genius. it wasn't even about choice. It was about, we don't want you to have both or not. We want you to choose 
one or the other. One or the other. Because if you're... We're not going to change our system. Uh, system of the economy or business we, or do, corporate yeah. world. We're going to have... We're going to force you to make a choice. Yeah. So you have to choose. If you want to be in this world, you can't have kids. And if you do have kids, it's going to be when you're in your late 30s. And now you're going to have to buy into this whole thing called in vitro, which... And now you're going to have to drop thousands of dollars to freeze your eggs. Yes. All now you're going to have to... You, you might have issues with fertility after getting off birth control. You might just have issues with fertility because you're old. Yeah. You might have issues with fertility because Again, of a million other science, things. Science. It's What's wrong. Science? It's science being hijacked too. Yeah. Science is being twisted and um, manipulated through words and these advertising campaigns and through articles and the press and the media to fit a narrative that they want at that time. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened with the feminist movement. Even with what we just saw with the whole GameStop AMC mm -hmm. stock trading scandal, yeah, and we, rules for thee, not for me. They're all for freedom. They want people to be smart and competent. Our name's but Robin then when Hood. It, but yeah. then when it inconveniences mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. elites who are more so on their side, that's when it becomes not okay. Mm -hmm. That's when they shut us down. Mm -hmm. That's when they say, oh, the people are getting too smart. We have to take things away from them. Yeah. Makes me so Same mad. thing with the internet too. <laughs> like the internet used to be the wild west when Mark Zuckerberg came on the scene. Like in his early interviews, he was like, "We're pro free speech. We're pro. This is an American company. There was pride in that." Same thing with Twitter. Like anything goes. Wild yeah. west. It was huge. It was <laughs> huge. YouTube. Wild west. Now. People are smarter. Well, look at what happened to Parler. Yeah. Parler, they, Parler did exactly what American capitalism allowed it to do, what it should have been able to do. We found a gap in a marketplace. We built a product. Mm -hmm. We were able to release and execute this product. We were able to obtain users of our product. Mm -hmm. And then other players in the game, i.e. all of big tech, mm -hmm. were just like, nah. That doesn't fit with us. Yeah. That's inconvenient after, for us now. Especially after they got to reap the benefits of pure capitalism. That's the thing is what people don't realize. Rules for thee, not for me. Yeah. Or sorry, rules for me, not whatever the heck. We're, it, we'll add it to the, the glossary <laughs> that's coming out with all of our catchphrases yes, that yes. We, we keep On our site. <laughs> so you can speak our lingo. But um, anyways, what was I saying? Yeah, this is, this is actually a good point that I want to bring up because we did kind of talk. We've talked about this concept in a lot of episodes, but... We're talking about two different types of capitalism here. And what people don't understand is when, when, when we've been marketed this like, oh, don't like capitalism like socialism, we've been taught to hate pure capitalism, which actually works for the common man and has brought more people out of poverty to date than any other system. That is a fact. Look it up. Go for it. But what people don't understand is that the elites like corrupt capitalism. And that's a different thing. China is actually technically a capitalist system it isn't like Correct. russia it isn't like venezuela because socialism is dumb it doesn't work doesn't work doesn't work it, it creates poverty if you can manipulate capitalism so that people at the top are the decision makers and they don't allow for competition they have monopoly control that is the ideal situation for elite people and how do they keep that going they convince people that capitalism as a general blanket statement is bad, which mm -hmm. includes free market capitalism. Mm -hmm. They paint these general terms like tax the rich, tax the 1%, which out, without understanding what the 1% actually is and that there's actually only a few handfuls of billionaires that we should be taxing. We should be closing the loopholes for them. We should be looking into Amazon, how much they pay, where do they have money in other countries, et cetera. And, but we aren't, we aren't doing that. What we're doing is we're painting this blanket 
word for for the 1%, whatever. And if you actually look into those numbers, it, 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 it's, a, it's a huge blanket statement. I think anyone who makes over like 400K is in the 1%. Yes, that is a lot of money. But if you have kids, if you're sending people to college, you have a lot of costs. Like it, it's not, you can't pr- compare someone with 400 thousand dollars a year to jeff bezos those aren't the same people in the capitalist system <laughs> like so, trying to even visualize numbers wise that's not even a hint of a no, fraction no absolutely not. so it's sad because people our age have gen z's people millennials have been taught so like capitalism's bad capitalism bad by the same people that have reaped the benefits mm-hmm. of capitalism and now want to destroy it the, the capitalism we have today free markets so yeah because they know that what they have is an anomaly and they want to keep it so in yeah. order to keep their position of superiority mm-hmm. financially morally reach wise mm-hmm. they have to make it impossible for anybody else to have that same repeat yeah. that they that they had yeah for sure I wanted to find there was a tweet that we put in here of the um of the capitalism stuff hold on <laughs> Give me two While you're seconds. finding that, I'll read out some interesting <laughs> things. So, oh, I found oh, it. I found it. Okay. We live in an era of woke capitalism <laughs> mm. in which companies pretend to care about social justice yes. to sell products to people who pretend to hate capitalism. And that actually correlates to the vaccine a lot too because I think that they're trying to cover their bases, you know? Mm. They're trying to market to people, oh, you're going to be a great employee if you get this vaccine. You're going to be a great person if you get this vaccine. Mm. We want people who are great people. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they're trying to morally encourage mm. and I guess morally certify mm-hmm. anybody who gets mm-hmm. it and then in turn um actually i mean it's required yeah. now mm-hmm. at so many companies so what's interesting i love that you bring this up that term another blanket statement is be a good person and that's been like the thing to justify a lot of things that are bad in our culture yeah oh you can do this as long as you're a good person and we keep lowering the bar lower and lower what it means to be a good person to basically oh as long as you're not hurting anyone else which i don't even know what that means that's bare minimum yes as long as you're not hurting anybody else being a good person goes beyond that but and it surely goes beyond treating people who are wearing masks like other species that's what we're at right now where you don't even look at each other you don't even smile anymore i used to smile i used to talk to everybody Mm -hmm. i used to actually want to i don't know and i still do Mm -hmm. but we're just, yeah, we're lowering the bar day by day. And yeah, and it's, it's, it, it goes back to this like also war on religion and spirituality that we've also talked about. We were, people were used to having somewhat of a moral code to follow and to be able to know when to have the courage to stand up for what's right. And right doesn't always feel good. And we've been taught be a good person, feel good. And Doing the right thing is hard and it might not always be clear and it might take a lot of, it might feel bad. A lot of times doing the right thing can feel bad and it can get to the extent where in countries like Nazi Germany, being a good person was being fine with uh, Jewish people wearing the yellow star. Being a good person was refusing them business. Being a good person was being a good Nazi following citizen. the mob mentality exactly being a bad person was letting Jewish people stay in your house in secret yeah so when you when you blanket those terms and you don't actually talk about morality what is the right thing to do right versus wrong it, it gets all this muddled, is you know? why I absolutely love just the entire 
existence of religion, all religions, most religions have a moral code mm-hmm. in which the their followers follow or at least refer to. It refer might, to. At least yeah. refer to. It doesn't need to be... Um, dogmatic yeah Yeah. i mean you're not gonna like have scratch marks on your body (laughs) that show up every time you do something wrong but it's a guide and since we've pushed it so much out of our society especially in america all we're all so many people are doing is referring to what the mob is Mm -hmm. what's everybody else doing and then that's what makes them feel good depending on what decisions they make Mm -hmm. it's reinforced yeah yeah. so it, it it feels more comfortable to follow the mob because it's Similar terrain, mm. you feel like other people are in it with you, mm. getting this vaccine. Oh, everybody else is doing it, so I, I have people to share in that mm. with. Mm-hmm. So it makes things more relatable. But actually, and I'm not trying to say that the vaccine's unethical or whatever. I'm just trying to explain that um, it's a lot harder to it's not black to and train white. yourself yeah. to refer to a moral mm-hmm. code mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. referring to the mob for sure. It's I think harder. that those are the yeah. two that you have to decide what you're going to follow. And your own conscience. And maybe not, not even a religious moral code, yeah. ma- ma- but you need to decide what yours is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it could change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but always make sure that your moral code is the defining factor, your pinnacle reference point, mm-hmm. um, and not just whatever that like external exposure is. I like that distinction you made with like your own moral code, because I do think that your at the end of the day, your conscious is your best friend. That is your guiding point. Everyone has a different conscience. Yes. There's, there's things that we have to follow to be citizens so we can all live in harmony and peace and stuff. And they, that is who you, that's what you answer to is your conscience. What are what do you know? That's right and wrong. How informed are you? And if you don't, your conscience, yeah, if you don't know, What's right and wrong in that situation? Do the research. Le- learn different perspectives. Read different religion codes on it. Talk to different people. Talk to your parents. Talk to your friends. Yes. And get different perspectives and realize what what is your code? Because when you live in this like everything's subjective. I don't know what I, I'll just live by day <laughs> I by can day. I identify as a sofa. Nothing you, makes sense anymore. Yeah, like <laughs> it's gonna, confusion is is the opposite of order and humans are meant for order we are meant for beauty we we we, we desire order we need or- we need order yeah. that's what we crave yeah um i do think that we do mm-hmm. although chaos and evil and suffering is inevitable that is just a part of being a human mm-hmm. and we fight so hard to limit it Mm -hmm. and to narrow Mm -hmm. those exposures to suffering Mm -hmm. and we've gotten to a really good place especially in america but it is not a given there were years and years and centuries and decades of wars and craziness that allowed us to get here so let's not throw it away i don't want that to happen it could happen (laughs) nothing's out of the ballpark nothing and that's another thing is that we think because we're we've had what we've been a country for almost 300 years 300 years of freedom we haven't had a ton of wars here Mm -hmm. world war ii wasn't fought on u.s soil you know the only one was the civil war i think in the revolutionary war but yeah i I think that we 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 have this false i mean imagine if the boys that we knew were living during the revolutionary (laughs) war that got drafted the, or the revolutionary war oh yeah oh that i is, wouldn't even none of them could some do of that the right best now minds and most courageous people came out of that era i mean the constitution is 
one of the most amazing blessed docu- documents. And it was written with so much passion. They endured that entire strain of events so that they could be at that position where they could write that mm-hmm. and put their hearts and souls and know what was at stake, what they put on the line to be able to even get the opportunity to write that. And now we're just, we talk about it like it's a second class citizen. That we know better. Because we know better. We know better. But we've benefited from Meanwhile, no one had ever, no one, so many people alive today have never even scratched at that much like tragedy and exposure to death and fighting and battling that those people did. Yeah. Yeah. We we talk about, we've talked about this on the show, but we talk about, we talk about, uh, all these privileges, you know, but we never talk about privilege of time period that you live in. We never talk about that. You're, Ooh, you're that's better. A good point. You're better off being a middle class person, middle lower class person in America today than think about running water, electricity, smartphones, things that we have that we take as basic needs royalty didn't have that 200 years ago royalty didn't have uh running water they had to have baths with like literally like literally gross baths like they only showered once a week i can't even describe to you how gross the conditions were even in a palace so i'm just saying we need to be more grateful and understand that we are the exception not i the do rule, think that you know? we are products of our environment yeah but i agree with you that being grateful, appreciative, understanding how to compare our situations versus other people's situations, other mm-hmm. time period situations. Yeah. We don't have a great ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I've had to train myself to be better at it. Like, I do think it's all about your mindset. If say, like yesterday, I'm pretty sure I had a package stolen and I was really frustrated for about an hour and I just didn't want to add on more tasks to my already running task list of things to be managing and doing. Um, But it's your mindset and you go, okay, is this really a problem to be having? Mm -hmm. No. This is comparing it to bigger and and worse things in the world. It it doesn't even compare to a lot, Mm -hmm. to most of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if we do think that it's about mindset and it's about, yeah, emphasizing those emotions that we talked about at the beginning of this episode, Mm -hmm. hope, gratitude, courage, those are positive emotions. Those mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. mindsets to be mm-hmm. having. Mm-hmm. And I I would say they're practices too. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be encouraging that. And I think that the pandemic has really showed us that we can be really good at complaining. Mm-hmm. Like really good at complaining, mm-hmm. sitting in our houses without actually going out to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that from Twitter in an instant. It's just mm-hmm. complaint after complaint, a doomsday after a doomsday. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people might be hypocrites who aren't actually going out there trying to change stuff. I know. I let's not just more than I let's do, not yeah. just resort mm-hmm. to. I'm just affected. Mm-hmm. I'm a victim of of this pandemic. I'm a victim of everything that's going on. Why don't we channel mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and use that as motivation to mm-hmm. go out and fix things? Go out and find the facts. Yeah. Go out and research it. Go out and explain things to people yeah. who might be misinformed. Mm-hmm. Go out and. I guess you do something about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I, I'm not, I haven't as much as I've been wanting to, I've also been mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. It, it's not as easy to, it's easier said than done, but yeah. anything is something. Mm-hmm, I agree. And I, I think that you're right. I, I think that we are a culture of complaining. I get, 
I'm dragged into that all the time. I'm totally a culprit of it. And I, mm-hmm. I do try to be more mindful of it, but it's, it's so hard. easy to it's do. It's really easy. And I, I think you're right with the pandemic. One of the biggest things for me is when I realized in June, more facts were coming out and I realized that lockdowns were no longer the answer for the, for the most part, I, I took this mindset of we, we got to get back to, we got to, we got to fight to get back to normal. We got to educate people. We got to live our lives. We got to do what we can to make things feel as normal as possible. Otherwise we won't return to it. Or if we do return, yeah. we'll be here, which we, we're here. We're here. It's so, gotten worse. Yeah. So I just think that's the message for people. Don't wait for the elite, the authority figure to tell you when it's okay to take off your mask. To tell you not when going they're to not do going that. to. And it's really sad. It's like it's saying really to a, a king, you have the power to send people into the dungeon and with they, no legal system. Yeah. yeah. And why would they ever not use that power? Yeah. You it, it's so yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really sad when I see people are especially like a, it's sad like people our age and they're like, "Oh, I I just can't wait till things can go back to normal and I just can't wait till like everyone How many times can uh, we repeat it? I'm like, it's making, not going to unless we fight it. Yes. It's not going to. We're in a year and a half in. The stats haven't changed. People know what the survival rate is. People know how you get affected. We we understand it more. Mm-hmm. Yet we're just still accepting it. Well, we know what's crazy is that there's now stats. Thank goodness we I've never been that into Florida to be honest, but I'm glad that we have Florida because we have a a thing to compare the lockdowns too because every other country did a lockdown so we now have a, a reason to look at that data compared to somewhere like california and be like okay same deaths same cases rate yeah. actually their cases are lower now in places like texas and florida than here with not having the mass mandate not having being at being able to full capacity all this stuff because a people are being vaccinated but also i think that moving around and not being trapped inside your house all day with the same circulating air isn't healthy either um getting out exercising you need exercise you need social exposure you need to be able to express spirituality Mm -hmm. i think that that's really important for a lot of people's mental health you need to be able to go to the doctor Mm -hmm. um in person for a lot of cases like that's a good so many even so many like we're talking about kids being born in hospitals where family can't even be in the room yeah that's really scary to me mm-hmm. because the first breath of air that a child takes mm-hmm. after it's birthed, mm-hmm. it's going to be loved and embraced by their parents. And if only one of those parents is able to do that, yeah. that I, I don't even want to know what that, because that could translate into a lot of um, further like mental health effects between even the parents mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of like, oh, I didn't get to be there when my like child came out. Yeah. I wasn't in that. I wasn't there. I wasn't able to hold them. I wasn't able to, and that could be used as like a, a weapon from one spouse to another. Oh, I did. I did get to be there. Mm-hmm. Is You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. And so I don't think that they're thinking of that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is no ideal situation with something like this where it's affecting people and it is affecting people of all, the, all different age groups and financial mm-hmm. backgrounds and and whatever there's no there's there is going to be gives and takes and that's just yeah that's inevitable so yeah i, I wanted to bring something up that kind of is a little funny but kind of sad so so many people were dying alone in the hospitals i'm going to show this to the audience but this is the contraction that the hospital made to give to people dying alone so that they could feel what it felt like to have 
their family member, loved ones, hold I've their never hands seen when they die. that. How have I not seen that? Ella, what? <laughs> okay, it's it, called that is innovative, it's but that's also just pathetic. It's called the hand of God. The hand of God? Yes. A heartbreaking sign of the times. In isolation wards where patients die alone, craving the touch of their loved ones, nurses filled warm water to stimulate comfort. They call this the hand of God. How creepy is that? Like, they're dying. I'm sorry, but if my grandma was dying of COVID, knowing that I have a survival rate of 99.99, again, let the people choose. Like, if I w- you as a child don't want to go in and risk, okay, sure, fine. But if you do and you know that your grandparent, your grandparent wants someone to be in there and you are able to do that and you're willing to risk, do it. It should be up to you. And why isn't that considered I am a good ultimate person. freedom. Yeah. People can decide. People are not dumb. We are very smart. We all have similar IQs. We all live here on this earth at the same time. Nobody's a, a thousand years old. We were all born around similar times and we're all going to die around similar times. The materialism stuff doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. People should be able to decide. That's my case. <laughs> That's it. That case point made. <laughs> exactly. But I, well, I cannot believe that. That's it, absurd. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. I mean, I get, I mean, there was good intention behind it. There's probably like, like really cute and sweet nurses that are making those like in the back rooms. It's really cute. And actually that does warm my heart because I know the intentions are really out of love. It's not their fault that they can't. Yeah. They're not in the people, they're not in control. The restrictions that the hospitals have been putting in place, the nurses aren't the ones putting that in place. No, No. they're subject to the bigger, more elite, powerful people. So I'm getting really handsy right now. I'm sorry. You're good. (laughs) Just expressing myself. This is an intense time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm glad you pulled that up. That wasn't in here. (laughs) No, I know. I just thought of it as we were talking. So, okay. We hit on the comparison to Mm. Nazi Germany. Yep. I think that's important. That's important. Um, we did hit on smoke screens a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, could we talk about the vaccine passport aside from it being restrictive what the potential like health technology could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I've done a little bit of research into metals that are used as preservatives in recent vaccines. Normally that's how they do it because it can help it stay colder in Mm -hmm. the, in the vials of the serum Mm -hmm. and stuff, which does make sense. Preservatives are still using a ton of foods. Mm -hmm. Um, But with this one, if they're using the mRNA and this is a totally new terrain of mm-hmm. how they're preparing vaccines, mm-hmm. distributing vaccines, how it enters the body mm-hmm. and affects the body yeah. and using these preservatives, mm-hmm. I don't know how exactly those will either work or not work together mm-hmm. because any amount of metal, like we have all elements of metals in our bodies, like mm-hmm. at different levels, obviously, mm-hmm. but what I'm afraid of is, say, people like Bill Gates, other globalists who have tech connections, tech resources, that these metals could technically be hijacked somehow, or maybe they're laying the groundwork within this vaccine this year's. Just to get people co- comfortable with, with injecting yes. um, like some sort of uh, digital scan. Or like, like yeah. The next step is going to be machine merging with biology yes 
and and I think that the fact that we're even talking about digital vaccine passports, the fact that Amazon has these stores where you can walk through and pay without pulling out even your card or anything to pay, we're moving towards this direction of convenience over um, biology preservation. Mm-hmm. And that is gearing people up to concede for convenience because the whole point of the vaccine passport and the vaccine is given to not having medical consent, given to altering your biology so that you can have your freedom back. And so I think what you're right, people like the globalists, they want as much control as possible and having some sort of digital... Well, we know, you know, we know nowadays that companies as big as these big tech companies, they're what they're striving for isn't more monetary currency. Their currency, what they're after is more data. Yeah. And so that's more valuable to them than making more money. And so the next step for companies like Microsoft, um, say Google, Mm -hmm, Amazon mm -hmm. is to have more data, which they've they've hit such a cap. Yeah, they have access to our cert, our browser history. They have access to yeah. all of our personal data, probably even our social security numbers. Yeah. They have access to all of that. What could be more than that? It's the biology. Mm-hmm. It's having access to our bodies, having access to our immune systems, having access mm-hmm. to how our genetics work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what this mRNA is. Mm-hmm. And so I found. There are so many articles about this, how Bill Gates and Microsoft are getting ready to launch an orbital satellite. I think it's called Orbital Mm -hmm. by the end of the year. And prior to this, Microsoft has had no satellites. I think that Amazon might, and Mm -hmm. I know that Google does, Mm -hmm. because Google Earth, you have to be able to, like, get all these different data points Mm -hmm. or whatever. But once that satellite goes, I don't even, I don't know, why are they doing that? It doesn't it's, make sense. Like, Why do they need it? It's like when Bill Gates If Microsoft like, is only uh-huh. focused on building computers, computers yeah. and video games, why do they need a satellite? It's not like Google where they were no. like, we're doing it because of images. Yeah, Google is a, is, a, is a search engine. They need more data. Yeah. People use them because they have data. Mm-hmm. Microsoft is totally different. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a really good quote that, um, that I read in an article by a this girl, Bridget, who's kind of a comedian and has a, has a good podcast, but it says, she said, yes, I've given my soul to social media, my privacy to Google, my information to the entire internet. So why not sacrifice my body and medical history too? She's saying as a joke, she was coming from the perspective of being against okay, the medical, okay. the, against the I like vaccine that. passport. But like, I feel like that's when I've talked to people about it, even people that aren't for the vaccine passport per se, but would concede um, if there was something like uh, travel or your job forcing you to do it, what their argument to me has been, well, like we're already tracked all the time. We have our smartphone. Like we already don't have much privacy. And that doesn't raise red why, flags to you? Why don't we just, this is just the next step in that. We're all going to have to do it eventually, right? And what I don't. <laughs> enough is enough. We already give up so much of ourselves. Exactly. And we're now giving up so much of our freedom. Like our little physical freedoms. We can't eat. We weren't even able to go to Easter brunch with all of our friends because we couldn't all sit at the same damn table. Yeah. Six people to an How much are we willing to give here, people? Yeah. No. Not my body. (laughs) Not giving you that. Yeah. Not letting you put any digital tech into my skin. Mm -hmm. I will not let that happen. Yeah, and this is this is not this is not anything new. And I'm not saying this isn't in the vaccine. Just to clarify, but what I am saying is it's preparing. It could us be 
for the next step, which is going to be some sort of identification, your credit cards, which will be a part it's conditioning. of you. It's conditioning. So you don't, oh, you never have to have a wallet. You never have to carry your phone. You know, it's, it's all there. It's all with you. That's how they'll sell it to us. You know, and when are what's then it'll become weaponizable and then it'll become accessible by other countries and then that'll be the next war because my argument to people that say oh this is just the next step in phones and there's nothing we can do about it the thing with phones is like yeah you do sell your soul social media yeah you do sell your privacy to google but it's still external it's still external i can chuck that in the trash i can chuck my phone in the trash and Go off the grid somewhat. It doesn't have any physical control over doesn't you. doesn't have any. It might have some emotional control over you sometimes, yeah. but at the end of the day, it isn't going to pick you up and throw you in the trash. Yeah. So I think that people need to figure out what is your line in the sand because, you know, innovation is great. Technology is great. And when people first heard about horses versus automobiles, that freaked people out. That's too much machinery. Ah, I don't like that. When people heard about iPhones. Ah, I don't like that. So, okay, fair, fair, fair argument, fair. fair argument. Is this just the next step in all of that? But for me, if it becomes biological, I don't want it. That's, that's, that's my, line that's for my me. line. For, and so it might be different for someone else and that's okay. That's fine. Um, but no I would encourage for them to make thing. that, to make that stance after they've put in the work, put in the work, re- Think about it. You don't even have to research. It could be an emotional thought process, but I feel like people aren't even emotionally thinking about anything right now. They aren't thinking about where things could head. Because it's easier to fit with the mob. Yeah. Because you're getting reinforced by everybody else who's doing the same exact thing as you. And And right now, that's a lot of people mm -hmm. on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be too repetitive here. Um, I feel like we've covered a lot of things (laughs) and we keep going in circles a little bit. Um, is there anything yeah, else we just you get talk? passionate about yeah. talking about this? Yeah. No, I'm good. Um, I hope everyone listening, if you made it this far, yeah. that well, we to told you some cool stats mm-hmm. that we were able to, I guess, help your brain maybe look at this in a different way. If you were already looking at it in the same way as us, maybe then yeah. then awesome. Um, let's keep this little, I guess, mm-hmm. resistance in a way. I don't want to even call it resistance, though. It's just... It's freedom. We're talking about freedom here, and we're trying to preserve freedom. We're trying to preserve um, free markets too. We're trying to preserve our health. And I feel like I've done. I've put in a lot of work in the last year or two. I didn't even get into it on this episode. I do want to eventually um, really educating myself on how proper immune system functionality is and how it can be enhanced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not tied down. And mm-hmm. and I do think a lot of the um, positions in place mm-hmm. for COVID have been more tying down as opposed to enhancing. Mm-hmm. They're not encouraging those enhancements. Yeah. They're encouraging more, um, I guess, yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. Diapers on your face. Well, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I do, I, I think we should do an episode like on the immune system and some other things that we, we didn't mm-hmm. get to touch on that we want to do. Yeah. Um, but I want to leave everyone on a positive hopeful note and i have this quote from winston churchill which obviously i hope you guys know who winston churchill is but a lot of i went to i've always been a winston churchill fan but when i was living in london i went to his museum twice and he was the most (laughs) but he was the most person like one of the most historic people in terms of freedom in terms of being one of the first people in um uh, parliament to stand up against Nazism all the way back in the thirties and kind of predict that. And ultimately 
was the reason we won World War II and we, we have freedom today. So I just wanted to end with a quote from him. And it says, the future is unknowable, but the past should give us hope. Winston Churchill. And if that means Aww. anything... The past should give us it hope. It should give us hope that truth yeah. and freedom will triumph because... We're still here. We're Humans still here. are still here. We're still here. We're still struggling. We've made it, we've made it through some, some tough times. We still are. And we're still standing yeah. and thriving. I mean, we're making iPhones. We're making art. We're making cool movies. We're making really great things. It's, so there is more to be hopeful and grateful for than not. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for listening. Yes. And tune in next time. Uh, like, subscribe if you are interested. <laughs> Please subscribe. It's helpful. And we love you so you can get notifications yeah. on all of our next videos. And it benefits you. Yes. <laughs> this is all for you. This is for you. And comment because we want to know what you guys think. Yes, comment and we'd love to respond to those. Yep, yeah, definitely. Okay. All Thank right. you. Peace, Bye, guys. guys. Thank you. Thank you.